future life which is to come. There's two lives. There's our life now and then there's a life in the future. Amen. And physical exercise and training is good for just the, the here and now. Get all you can get. Amen. But spiritual exercise is good for the now and for the future. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? So we've been talking about how to stay fit spiritually. How to stay fit spiritually. It's amazing to me, you know, I've been going to gyms for many, many years, you know, and there's one in particular that I belong to, uh, joined in 1986, I think it was, got a gold membership back then, had it ever since, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not that I've used it all the time, but I've, noti- I've noticed this, that the, the busiest time for a gym membership is between January, February, and early March. And then it, from there, it, can source, it kind of drops off, okay? And I got to thinking about this, too. And I read information on this that if everybody showed up that had a gym membership, they wouldn't be able to fit all the people in the building. So they're banking on people not being committed to the workout program, okay? And I think a lot of times people have good intentions. It's, it's always easy to have a start, but to finish something is another thing, Amen. Like Paul said, I finished the race. He didn't just start the race. He said, I finished the race that God set out before me. It's easy to start something. It's another thing to complete something. So we're talking about spiritual fitness, how to stay fit spiritually. Now, here's what we've talked about thus far. I'm going to give you one point and then second point. We're going to move on to the third one here today. Okay? And these are all very, very important because if, if there's ever been a time for us as Christians to stay fit spiritually and shaped spiritually, it's now. We, we can't afford to get wimpy and weak spiritually because of the, the, the day and the hour that we're living in, the pressure that's coming from the outside. How many of you know it's different than it was even 15 years ago? Okay, you could just sense the tenseness and the pressure that's in the atmosphere. Well, that's spiritual. And a lot of times people can't handle it and they cave in and they give up, okay? And it, they just can't handle the pressure. You know what I'm saying? Well, the Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Amen? Hallelujah. And so uh, let's look at the, the first thing that we talked about to stay fit spiritually is the Word of God has to have preeminence or first place in our life. We talked about that, Okay? By the way, we do have CDs back there. You can look at the dates uh, free of charge. Just go ahead and pick those up because I don't have time to go back into all that. The second thing we talked about for two weeks in a row was uh, to stay spiritually fit is to learn how to meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. Remember we talked about that? Meditation is like digestion, like food is to the body. I'm going to bring that down a little bit so I'll just get a little bit of feedback there. And uh, meditation is digestion of the Word of God. It's not what you eat, it's what you digest that makes a difference. How many of you know that? Hallelujah. Everybody hear me okay? All right. There's a a fine balance there between feedback and being able to hear me. (laughs) Okay. Praise the Lord. I know you just love to hear feedback, don't you? I just love hearing them, those... Those speakers squeal. Don't you just love that when that happens? <laughs> Amen. Um, let's go into the, uh, the third area today that I want to talk about, how to stay fit spiritually. And if you have your Bibles, go over to Proverbs chapter 3. 
And uh, I want to look at this in the Amplified version, classic Amplified. If you don't have an Amplified, we'll bring it up here on the screen. Praise the Lord. And I, 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 love, I love the amp, the classic Amplified Bible because it breaks down in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, and it's more wordy, of course, you know, but it's, it's taken different excerpts from the Hebrew. The Old Testament's written in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek, you know, and so he'll break it down so you get all the different meanings. It's a little wordy, but it kind of gives you a really clear picture of uh, that which is being said. Amen. I know uh, Sister Joyce Meyer um, she preaches out of the Amplified, yes. you know, and it, uh, it works for her. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I like the Amplified Bible. And, uh, but Proverbs 3, 5, we've, generally speaking, we've read this out of the, the King James translation, but I want to read it out of the, the Amplified here today. And it says, lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord I love that. With all of your heart and mind, do not rely upon your own insight or understanding or your intellect. In all of your ways, recognize and acknowledge Him and He will direct and make straight and plain your path. Man, I love that, don't you? This third area that we're going to talk about staying staying fit spiritually is this is to acknowledge God in everything. Acknowledge God in everything. Or another way of saying that would be to acknowledge His Word in every situation. What does His Word say? Hallelujah. And this is one of the major keys right here, I believe, to staying fit spiritually is to acknowledge God in everything. I heard a story one time, I don't know if it's a true story, but it's kind of an analogy, you know, and the, there was two guys that were traveling across country, you know, and, and uh, you know, they'd never talked about the Lord much. But they're out, they're out in the middle of the desert tra- traveling from east to west and right in the middle of the United States and they got a flat tire. And the guy just remembered he didn't have a spare tire. So he leans over to his buddy in the car traveling across country says, I think we better pray. And his friends looked at him, he says, is it come to that? (laughs) Amen. You get the point, right? You know, I don't know about you, but I never really think about my spare tire. I don't get in the car, start it up, say, boy, that's a nice spare tire back there. In fact, I've never seen it. I guess there's one in there. <laughs> one of them little donuts or something, you know. Krispy Kreme's back there in the, in the trunk, you know. But, uh, you know, that's a pretty important piece of equipment if you break down somewhere and you don't have any help anywhere out there. To, you know, if you get a flat tire, or get a blowout or something like that, you need a spare tire. And, you know, all of a sudden, that little thing that you don't think about at all becomes extremely important. Isn't that true? And I think a lot of times people treat the Lord that way. They really don't think about incorporating Him in the everyday affairs of life until their back's up against the wall and they don't know where else to turn. And they think, oh God, help me. And sure enough, God will be there to help people. But it's just better to acknowledge Him every single day. I mean, just acknowledge Him. 
It, really, when you acknowledge somebody, you're just bringing it to their attention. Okay? Amen? Yeah. If, I, if I use Brother Dan sitting right here, if I say, let's acknowledge Brother Dan this morning. What have I done? We've, we've made a... Yeah. Hallelujah. He's on the front, so I'll pick on him. He deserves to be picked on once in a while, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, we have fun together, don't we? But, uh, you know, when I brought him to your attention, all of a sudden, you weren't really thinking about him, but when I said, let's acknowledge Dan, everybody thought about, everybody thought about Dan for a second. Not that you never think about him. You don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know my heart, right? You know my heart. <laughs> okay. So if I acknowledge anybody in this, I could go around the room and acknowledge each person, you know, all of a sudden the attention's on you because we've made mention of it, okay? Now, the Bible says we're to acknowledge God in all of our ways. Does that just mean spiritual things? It means everything. I mean, when you're about to exercise, okay, say, Lord, I acknowledge you in this. In Jesus' name, I need your help right now. Okay? Bodily exercise profits little. Let's get all we can get, right? And what you don't use, you lose to a certain degree, right? You've got to stay in shape. You've got to keep your body in shape. Well, if you're about to scarf down a piece of something that you're not sure what's in it, you know, and your, your appetite's going through the roof, and you're like, I just got to eat something, you know, and you're blindly just shoving things into your mouth, you, you should acknowledge God and say, God, am I supposed to eat that? And the Lord might say, read the label. <laughs> this isn't bondage, this is freedom. Amen? Because there's a lot of stuff that we ingest, people ingest in their body, they shouldn't even be putting in their body, their temple. It's loaded with chemicals and MSG and all kind of garbage, right? Okay? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Okay? But, 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 but I'm telling you what, we have to acknowledge God in every single area, okay? And as we acknowledge Him, He will direct our steps. He promises us that He will do that. Amen? I remember one, one time, this is many years ago, the kids were small, and we were, uh, I had some work done on my car, you know. Uh, this is probably... 15 years ago? I don't know. It could be longer than that. I don't know. You might know, Lynn. And um, we always pray before. In fact, we were getting ready to go down to uh, Brother Copeland's meeting in Washington, D.C., and we were driving down, okay? Well, we had just gotten out to, we were taking Route 51, we were out towards Ross Traver, and there's a bridge out, Bell Vernon Bridge, or what's that bridge out there? The uh, Elizabeth Bridge. Okay? And we're, we're, we're coming down the hill, and we always pray, we acknowledge the Lord. We're coming down the hill, the hill, there's a long hill that comes down to that bridge, and we're going, you know, about 55 miles an hour. All of a sudden, we hear this, thoom, 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 thoom. we're like, what is going on here, you know? And, uh, and so we got across the bridge, and there just so happened to be a garage on the right side. There's, uh, you know, as soon as you get across the bridge, maybe a quarter of a mile up on the right, there's a bridge, there's a, there's a little garage there that they... And we, we pulled in there, and thankfully, thankfully, because we had already prayed about it, the, the mechanic came out, and he took a look at it, you know, and, and uh, uh, he, he says, uh, Mr. Eggert, I told him who I was, he said, he goes, you don't know how lucky you are, this wheel was about to fall off. Because I had some work done, some tires rotated, and they forgot to tighten the bolts. 
on one of the wheels? Everybody say, uh oh. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, that, he said, you came so close to that wheel because the, the lug nuts were almost all the way off. And so it, that's why the wheel was making, that's why we heard this noise, you know. And, and I'm thinking, thank God we acknowledge the Lord. Amen. Because it could have been further down the road and there was nothing there. That wheel could have fallen off and God only knows what could have happened in that situation. Amen. But it just pays to acknowledge him. And he fixed that thing. It was like new. I don't think he charged us. I mean, just fixed that thing and, and it was like new. We went to the meeting. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But it just, it just, it's so important to acknowledge him in everything that we do. First thing I do when I wake up in the morning, Father, I live by Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Amen. Lord, I, I trust in you. What's the opposite of trust in the Lord with all your heart? Trusting in yourself. Okay. And uh, it doesn't mean you don't have faith in yourself, but I mean, we're not to lean entirely upon ourself, our intellect, our understanding, our mentality is so limited. But the Lord knows how to correct, to know, He knows how to fix something. Amen. Uh, years ago, brother, brother Kenneth Hagin was preaching in uh, some, uh, of course, in Texas in the south where he was from. And I remember him telling this story. He said, uh, you know, he would be out there in these tent meetings at nighttime preaching. And he said, there, you, you perspire and you get really, really hot. He said, you just sweat, perspire. And back in those days, you know, they would wear their long white shirt and tie and everything, even if it was 105 degrees. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Roberts used to do that, too. If you look at the old films. Old white shirt, 100 degrees in the tent, and he's wearing a white long shirt. <laughs> That's torture right there. But he said he started feeling really weak and, and so forth. And he, he, he said, man, night after night, he, he would get so weak and so just run down. He thought, Lord, what is going on here? And he said he was seeking the Lord about it, acknowledging the Lord. And the Lord dropped it in his heart. Now, he didn't hear an audible voice, but he said the Lord impressed in his heart to take a little table salt. And it'll take care of the problem. Okay? And he said, uh, he said, you know, I could have put that off as just being me thinking that up. But the Lord put it in his heart. Just take a little bit of table salt because he was perspiring so much and all of his minerals were coming out, you know, and he was feeling run down a week and your body needs a certain amount of that, right? The minerals. He said it was like almost like magic. As soon as he took a little table salt, the problem went away. Okay? Now, you could try to mentally figure that out and go to the doctor. They might prescribe something to you and all this kind of stuff, you know, but you're going the long way around, you see. But if you acknowledge the Lord, I think it was King Asa, I think it's in the Bible, it says that he had a disease in his feet. Now, I don't know if it was a bad case of athlete's foot or what, <laughs> but it says, it says, in all, of, in all of his time that he was diseased, he sought not the Lord, but the physicians, and he died. Did you ever read that before? In, in his sickness that he had, and I mean, it was a deadly, whatever the situation was, in his feet. And it says, he sought not the Lord, but he sought the physicians, and he perished. He passed away. Okay? Which indicates that if had he had sought the Lord, or acknowledged the Lord, God could have shown him what he needed to do to get healed. Okay? So, all of us are in the same boat. All of us have been in situations where we didn't acknowledge God like we could have or should have. All of us, including yours, yours truly. Okay? 
When I say this, I'm looking at me too. Okay? And sometimes we learn the hard way. <laughs> School of hard knocks is not the best teacher. Amen? So I had a friend one time, he says, I didn't go to any college. I went to the school of hard knocks. You know, he was almost proud of it. <laughs> he knew who I'm talking about. <laughs> well, school of hard knocks is not your best teacher. You know, the best way to learn something is learn from someone else's mistakes. You don't have to suffer to go through things to learn. That's not good to do that. You can learn it through somebody else. The Bible says even the scriptures were written for our learning and for our patience that through the scriptures we might have hope. And we learn by what Israel did to not repeat what they did. It even talks about that in the Bible. Amen? And so experience is not your best teacher. The Word of God is our best teacher and the Holy Spirit's our teacher to help us navigate around the storms of life. Amen? Hallelujah. I know I, I, I made mention of the fact that it's been a while, but, but years ago I had lost something, an item. It was actually a sock. You remember that story here? And, uh, and it, it was the only sock that matched my outfit, my, my, my uh, suit that somebody gave me. It was a minister actually gave me four or five suits that were really, this is years ago, back in the 90s. And Joe Morris, who was traveling at that time, he unloaded about, four or five suits. The other, there was a couple that didn't fit me. I gave them away, but there was some, these were like really like Ralph Lauren polo suits. You know, back in the day, it was really expensive suits. I would have never been able to afford something like that. And he just felt led to bless me with a bunch of suits, brand new, you know? And there was a particular suit that was like a different, it was like a gold brown color, you know, and you had to have a, a certain type of sock that would match that, okay? And so, this is in like 1995, 97, something like that, you know. And I had lost one of the socks in the house that we were living in here, and I wanted to wear that suit, but that's the only pair of socks, this might sound crazy, that would match that suit. Because back then, it would always be wearing suits. It's changed since that time. Okay? <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. But, uh, you know, it's changed. And, and so I was real frustrated. I was looking for it. And I spent a couple of days looking for it. And I said, Lynn, did you see that sock anywhere? No. And she's, finally she said, why don't you pray about it? Well, that kind of irritated me when she said that. <laughs> Husbands, did your wives ever say anything to you that irritated you? Okay. And I knew she, I knew she was right. <laughs> you know, and that's, that woman knows how to inquire of God. I can tell you that right now. I mean, she is so diligent about doing that. And I praise God for that because, oh, ever since I've known her, I mean, it's what does God say? What does his word say? You know, let's pray about this. You know, she's really quick to do that. And I'm so thankful to have a, a spouse, a wife like that. Amen. She said, well, did you pray about it? I said, no. She goes, well, that might help. You know, <laughs> she was nice about it. So I prayed about it. And Sure enough, the Lord witnessed to me. She said, he said, that's the wisdom that you need. Just pray about it. So I prayed, all right? Acknowledge him in what? All of your ways, right? And he'll direct your path. Okay, so I said, Father, now you might think, well, God's so, he's so busy running the universe and running the nations. Does he have time for something like that? Yes. He's an intimate God. So I said, now, Lord, I said, you know I'm missing a pair, one of my socks to this outfit that I, I wear, okay? And uh, I can envision it in my mind. 
And I said, I need, I need your wisdom right now. Show me where this sock is. I don't know. I've looked everywhere I can possibly look. And as soon as I prayed, within seconds, I had a mental vision. I didn't have an open vision or a dream. I just, it was just like a flash in my mind. Did you ever have that? You know? And it, you could have just put it off for being just you, right? And all of a sudden, I had a flash of the dresser that was in the one kid's bedroom um, behind the dresser. Because there was about that gap between the wall and the dresser, you know, where the, we put the kids' clothes, you know, when they were younger. And there's a big mirror there, and it, there's a gap where you could, something could fall behind there. So I, after, right after I prayed, I had this mental image to look behind there. So, I, you know, and I honestly, I kind of had doubts when I had that thoughts, but I looked anyway. Sometimes you got to walk it out. The scripture says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, right? So I said, I'll just prove this out. So I went over there and went in the, I looked behind there. And I thought, looky here. <laughs> I reached back there and pulled it out. You know, there's some dust on it and cobwebs on it, you know. But it was, you had, you know, boy, you don't clean. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Am I digging a hole here or what? <laughs> well, there she was, okay? Now, listen, I spent about a half a week, three, three to four days frustrated, just looking for... Someone said, Pastor, why don't you just go out and buy a new pair of socks? Well, first of all, they were expensive socks. I didn't feel like putting out the money for them, okay? back It was like 15 bucks for a pair of socks back then, okay? And uh, they're more than that now. And, uh, you know, but... What amazed me it was how fast the Lord showed me where that sock was. But it wasn't until I prayed and acknowledged him. And I thought, I almost felt ashamed. I thought, I could have prayed that the first day, but I put it off. And so day one, day two, day three, I'm just like periodically frustrated. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Man, I've looked everywhere, you know. But it wasn't until my wife said, why don't you pray about that? And so I did pray about it. And as soon as I prayed about it, which is a form of a, when you pray to God, you're acknowledging him. Okay? It's a dependency. How dependent are we on the Lord? That's something we all have to ask. How much are we depending on him? It's a safe place to be when you depend upon the Lord. In fact, it's the safest place you could ever be in life when you're depending upon the Lord. It's the safest place. But when we take things in our own hands and we try to figure everything out and try to arrange everything, you know, that's when we become in control instead of letting God be in control. No, don't get me wrong. We have our place. We have our, God can't do our part, right? We can't do God's part either. We have to work together. But my point is this. I know some of you heard this story many times before, but I just felt impressed of the Spirit to share it again. It wasn't until I acknowledged God and asked Him for wisdom that He showed me where it was. Now, did I have an angel appear to me and tell me where it was? No. But it was like a word of knowledge. And see, word of knowledge is present facts and past facts. That's what a word of wisdom is future. But word of knowledge is knowledge of present facts and past facts. Okay? Now, uh, Saul lost his donkeys. He didn't know where they were. 
But when he inquired of the Lord, the Lord showed him. Okay? And sometimes you lose things and you lose track of things, but even when that happens, if we acknowledge him, I love that the Amplified there, it says, <laughs> lean on, trust in, rely, be confident in the Lord with all of your heart and mind. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Okay. Your car, your vehicle has a dashboard, right? And on that dashboard, you have different things, indicators that will tell you, you know, uh, air pressure in your tire nowadays, oil, how much oil is left, when you need an oil change, and, you know, uh, your battery life and so forth. There's all these indi indicators on the dashboard of your car. And on your spiritual life, there's a dashboard. And when you start feeling frustrated, anybody here been frustrated before? <laughs> Just a few times. I've been there more times than I'd like to think. <laughs> if you are frustrated, it's an indicator on the dashboard of your life that you're not looking to the Lord like you should. Now, that's not condemnation. That's just an, a fact. Okay? It's just, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning too much on myself then. I need, to, I need to rely upon the Lord. Okay? There's never been a problem that you've ever taken to God that took him by surprise. I don't care what you're facing right now. We all face certain things, you know, and, and, and some of us think it's so private to us. But listen, God knows everything the Bible says he, has no, he knows what you have need of before you even ask him. It's not when you ask him that he finds out about it and says, oh, you've got a need, right? He knows what you have need of before you ask him. But he says, come to me and ask me. If you being natural parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him? So he wants us to ask him. Hallelujah. He wants us to ask him. And I'm so thankful. I'm reminded of the time when I was taking a prayer drive uh, uh, probably 12 years ago now. And I was driving up north on 79 because I live over in the South Hills near Bethel Park. And I'm driving up. I'm taking a prayer drive in my car. And I'm concerned about some things that are going on in my life at that time, you know, and, and uh, some challenges that I was facing. And, uh, and I'm coming up north in 79, right about where 376 is up here, the parkway, you know, where you go underneath, 79 goes underneath the parkway, okay? You know where that is, where the big clover leaf is right up here, okay? So I'm driving up there, and, uh, and I'm, I'm telling you this place because that's when it happened to me. The Lord asked me a question as I was driving. He says, Keith, will you do something for me? I didn't hear it with these ears. I heard it in here. It was a thought. It was, it was an impression in my spirit. I said, and I said, yeah, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? And I thought he would say, I want you to go minister to so-and-so and give somebody a call and talk to them, you know, and I'm willing. I will do that at the drop of a hat. If God says call somebody and minister to them, I'll do it. I don't even think twice about it. Okay. Because, Lord, I'm yours to command. Whatever you tell me to do, if I know you're, you're in it, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Because <laughs> I don't belong to myself. Amen. I've been crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? I don't belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. I belong to God. Hallelujah. So he asked me this question, impressed, impressed, impressed in my spirit. He says, will you do something for me? I said, well, sure, Lord. What, what would you have me to do? Amen. So I said, sure. He says, I want you... I didn't know what he was going to say. That I remember, see, when the Lord tells you something, time has no, there's no distance in the spirit realm. There's no time factor. It's like it just happened. And the Lord said this to me. He says, I want you to give me permission to bless you every single day. And it kind of shocked me when he said that. I wasn't expecting that. Has anybody ever told you something that you weren't expecting that? You're like, wow. Then I thought, I thought he was going to ask me to do something for somebody else. But he said, no. He says, I want you to ask me. And he says, did not I say in my word that if you being, I just quoted it, if you being natural parents or evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him. He said, you have to ask me. Now he reminded me, and I knew this already. He said, he reminded me, he says, you're a man on the earth and people that are on the earth with bodies have authority. The devil needs a body to work through and God needs a body to work through. People with bodies have authority on the earth. Not only do you have a, the word of God for your authority, you have a piece of paper at home somewhere called a birth certificate. Amen? Hallelujah. How many got one of those? How many were born? <laughs> you got a birth certificate. I know I had to pull one out recently, take a look at it. I think, boy, that thing looks like it's from the 1800s or something. The <laughs> paper turned all yellow and everything, you know. <laughs> it's like, you almost expect to see John Hancock's signature on there. You know what I mean? It's just old, you know. But, but here's the thing. It's people with bodies on the earth. Now, now when I say this, you understand all things being equal. Legally speaking, that's why dead people can't vote. Okay? Now, we know in the last election, there's a whole lot of people, even the 1800s, that voted. Right? Okay. You know. But all things being equal, let's talk about the legality. Okay, legally speaking, when a person dies, they no longer have authority in the earth. Because they're, they're gone. They're gone. Okay? It's people that are in the earth that have bodies. And, uh, 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 and that's why Matthew 18 says, if, uh, if, if two of you on earth as agree, as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. So you got heaven, you got earth. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So the binding and the loosing start on the earth. But it comes with people with a physical body. That's why Jesus needed a body to function in the earth. And God gave, we know that Christ Jesus, the anointed one, existed 
always before he became flesh. He was with the Father from creation. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the one that spoke the universe into existence. He's the creator. When God said, let there be light, that was Jesus speaking that. You can read about that through Colossians and all through the the New Testament. He was the creator, but that was the pre-incarnate Christ. But when he, he came to the... Uh, He was born at the right time, the Bible says, in the process of time. At due time, he took upon himself flesh because he had to become like us. And he had to suffer. And he had to die. And he had to become flesh like us. That was his entryway into the earth. Amen? That's why the Bible says any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh is antichrist. Okay? Not anti M, Antichrist. <laughs> Where'd that come from? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so getting back to what the Lord was, was showing me, and, and, and I was, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't really been, was, I was praying for other people, I was praying for you all, and I always do, I always pray for. Lynn and I always commit ourselves to pray for you here. And not only do we pray for you here, we pray for the people that God's calling to be a part of our ministry. Many they be. Amen? Jesus prayed for his disciples, but he said, in those that shall believe on my name in John 17, that was you, you and me. He was praying for his followers, but he says, those that shall in the future believe on my name, I'm praying for them. Jesus was praying for you in John chapter 17. Amen. And so you can pray for people you don't even know yet. You're praying for your future. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so I, I, I saw something that day. I saw the heart. I saw the heart of the Father in a way that I needed to see. Amen. We sang that song this morning, Open the Eyes of My Heart. I want to see you, Lord. And and there's things about God we have never seen yet. About Him as our Father. Paul even said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, not just God, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And so the heart of a father is to give to your children. How many of you here are parents? I mean, you want, you want good for your kids. I mean, uh, Josh and Kelly, my two kids, I want nothing but the best for them. And if I have within my means to bless them and to give to them, I don't hold back. But I know as a human on this earth, I have certain limitations. But with my father, there is no limitations because he can give us stuff that couldn't come any other way. Amen. And, it, and that's why he used the illustration. He said, if you're, you're being natural, parents have, you want to give good gifts to your children, you want them to have a good life, you know? And I mean, I mean, you love your kids. Even if they screw up, even if they mess up, you don't kick them by the wayside. You love them enough. You want to you do whatever it takes to fight for them. Yeah, right. right? How much more is God like that? He's fighting for you. He believes in you. He has faith in you. And so he says, Keith, I just want you to ask me every day. Now, have I, have I done that every single day? No, there's times I've forgotten. 
There's times I got busy and, you know, doing good things, of course. But then the Lord reminds me, He said, oh, you haven't been asking me for a few days here. And every time I start getting busy asking Him, okay, Lord. And I'll say, Lord, I ask you to bless me spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, financially, and ministerially. That's six realms. Spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, financially, ministerially. That's six realms, okay? Those are six areas that involve me. So, Lord, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus today that you would bless me because it's your Father's heart pleasure to give you the kingdom that Jesus said that. It's your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. But you have to ask. It just doesn't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You have to ask for it. Okay? So, um, lean on. Proverbs 3, 5. Amplify. Lean on. Trust. Be confident in the Lord with all of your heart and mind. Do not lean on your own insight or understanding. In all of your ways, know, recognize, acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your path. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I think it's, you know, I, I heard Brother Keith Moore talk about this, and I completely agree with him. He said, he goes, you know, um, it's, it's a noble thing sometimes we tell kids when they're growing up, when they're younger, you know, man, you can do whatever you want. If you want to be an astronaut, be an astronaut. If you want to be a doctor, be a doctor, you know, and but the truth of the matter is they can only do what they're anointed and called to do. Okay? I know a lot of people, they just they have it all figured out, you know. And a lot of times parents try to live out their dreams through their kids. You'll see that in the realm of sports. And it's, I mean, they put untold pressure on the coach, on the people, screaming at the coach, you know, and I've seen it, I've been there. You know, and they put this ungodly pressure because that was maybe their dream that didn't come to pass that they try to live out their dream through their kids. Okay? Well, that's really selfish if you think about it. But what we need to do is discover, Lord, what are, what are their talents and what are their gifts? We want to channel them in that direction. We want to channel them in that direction. Okay? Because... We're not cookie cutters coming out of the mother's womb, you know, and we have, we're all supposed to do this and do this, you know. No, everybody's different. You know, it's kind of like there's, there's kids, there's two kinds of learners. There's kids that, that are more hands-on, they learn things, you know, and there's kids, uh, I, I can't think of the name of it, but they just, they hear something and they learn just like that. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, if a kid is young and they're fidgety in school and they're young, you know, and, in kindergarten, first and second grade, and they're real fidgety, you know, can't get their attention, they automatically think that they're attention deficit. No. Every kid learns differently. And what happens a lot of times is teachers try to put pressure and make a cookie-cutter mold out of every single student that they should be this A-type student, just like this person over here. But the thing is, people learn different ways. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so the, the school system has done such an injustice through years trying to fit everybody in the same category and make it seem like that, that young man or that, that woman is not as intelligent as somebody else. That's not true. Okay? Do you know, uh, <laughs> how many of you ever heard of the Wright brothers? Okay? Invented the first airplane. Do you know that their father 
preached the gospel. Their father preached the gospel. And while the kids were out back trying to invent an airplane, he's inside at the pulpit saying, if God wanted men to fly, he would have made wings on them. It's a true story. Whether Orville and Wilbur... (laughs) had a dream, a vision, as young men. Um, Edison, who failed more than he succeeded, someone asked him, did you fail at creating the incandescent light bulb? He goes, I can tell you 7,000 ways it doesn't work. Which tells you he wasn't a quitter. He didn't give up. He didn't cave in. He didn't quit. He just kept trying. He kept trying. He kept trying. He kept trying. And maybe the 7,000th time, boom, he hit gold. He struck a gusher. Now we've got electricity. Okay? If you look at one of the best presidents we've ever had, other than Donald Trump, and I mean that sincerely, he's a great president. One of the best we've ever had. And I believe he's coming back. I do. I believe he's coming back. God's going to do that. Anyway, Abraham Lincoln, Honest Abe. I, I, I was shocked by this. I was reading a, a book about his, you know, because people think, well, yeah, he's the president. I forget what's, what number was he. Uh, 16th. Okay. And... Um, for those of you that are scholarly that remember that. And uh, but I, was, I was reading in this book, I was reading in this book about, because sometimes if you just look at people's success, you get the wrong impression. You think they just struck gold like that. You know what I'm saying? But it was interesting that Abraham Lincoln, as we know, one of the greatest presidents that ever lived, and freed the slaves. And I mean, man, did he have people coming after him. Man, did he have the enemy coming after him ultimately killed him but they didn't kill his dream but you know he i read this long list of about 25 different things and i i don't have it on because it wasn't pre-planned that how many you know i'm talking about he he ran for this office failed ran for that office failed ran for congress failed i think he even ran for president the first time failed you know then he ran for uh, and then he had some uh, uh Unfortunate things happened with his family members and so forth. I mean, a bunch of bad stuff, you know. Then it says in 18, whatever it was, you know, he ran for president and he won. That, that, that's all that most people hear is that he won. But the fact is he had up to that point that he won. He had all these failures. But Abraham Lincoln just didn't quit. He, he, he failed in a particular election, you know. And you can, you can Google this and look it up and find out for yourself. But he kept failing, he kept failing, but he quit. He wouldn't give up. He just wouldn't give up. He wouldn't quit. Would to God that we have the same spirit as Thomas Edison and Abraham Lincoln that we just refuse to give up. We refuse to quit. We refuse to cave in. I refuse to cast away my confidence. I choose to believe. Amen. 
Every day, every one of us raw out of bed somewhere. Okay? Listen very carefully. Every one of us raw out of bed somewhere. <laughs> and every day is a brand new start. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. A fresh batch of hesed. That's God's mercy. That's the, the Hebrew word for mercy. Hesed. Covenant talk. There's a fresh batch of hesed every single day for you. Do not beat yourself up over your past. Don't do that. Why would you condemn yourself? Why would you beat yourself up over your past when you can't go back and change what took place? You cannot change what happened even five minutes ago. What happened, happened. Okay? I mean, they say hindsight's always twenty twenty. All of us, if we could go back and change things, we would, certain things, right? But the fact of the matter is, you can't. So why fret over something that you have no control over? You do not have control over your past, but you do have control over the now and your future. Now remember that when dealing with people as well. Be, always be mercy-minded when it comes to people. Go the extra mile and show extra mercy to people. If you sow mercy, you'll reap mercy. Amen? Because at some point, I've, we've all needed God's mercy. All of us. I have, we have needed God's mercy. And I'll tell you what, I'm so thankful that it's available to us because that's our loving Father. Hallelujah. I pray that I'm communicating the heart of God. That was my prayer early this morning. I want to communicate the heart of God this morning, this time together, this 31st of October of all days, to have God show up in our midst. Boo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the only exorcism we're going to have is to cast the devil out. I can tell you that. We're not inviting those spirits in. We're going to kick them out. And I'll tell you, evil spirits, if they show up at this building, they can't stay here because they're very uncomfortable here. Because we're here. Spirit of God's here. Holy Ghost is here. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's so important that you acknowledge that we acknowledge God. This is the mo one of the most important things that we can do every single day. Now, it sounds so simple, but it's so powerful. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That means it's possible to trust Him with half your heart or once in a while. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, I, 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 even when I go to, to do an exercise, whether I'm walking or weightlifting or something like that, whatever, you know, I said, it might seem crazy, but I said, Lord, I'm acknowledging you right now in this thing. I'm, I'm doing this to keep my body, the temple of God, in shape for you. I'm not just doing it to have big muscles. <laughs> like Popeye would say. I'm not doing it to impress anybody. But I'm doing it to keep this temple in shape so I can stay on the earth a long, long time and do more damage to the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if I'm sick, beat down, broken down, I'm not going to be able to do that. So Lord, I'm acknowledging you today. Praise the Lord. I was listening to Brother Copeland last night. You know, they had the meeting in um, uh, um, Hank Kuhneman's church. 
they had a three-day meeting. Anybody see that down there? Oh, man, it was powerful. And they, they, yesterday morning, Saturday morning, they had healing school. And he said something that sparked my attention. I mean to tell you. Because uh, he had to have a uh, pacemaker put in him, okay, because of uh, some things that were going on. Long story short, they put the pacemaker in there, and they realized he doesn't even need it because they tested him without it. And he said, he said, I don't know what happened. The doctor said, you're perfectly healed. You're, you don't need this. Okay? And, uh, but he was, he was standing, he's what, 85, 86 years old? He was standing on the Word of God. And the Lord gave him a scripture in Psalm 112. It says, his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And he said this. He said, there's some of you out there on TV land that might need what I just said. And I thought, that's me. Because I've had issues with my heart. Okay? But he said this. He says, I know he said it can mean spiritually my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. It shall not be afraid in Psalm 112. That's a great psalm, by the way. And he says, I just look at the law of double reference. He says, my heart is fixed, physical, trusting in the Lord. My heart is established, shall not become afraid. See, that's, that's revelation. When, uh, when, someone's, when someone is teaching under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, there will be things that will pop out that weren't previously prepared. Today is a prime example of that. Now, if you saw my notes up here, I got three pages of really good notes up here. They're good notes. Okay? I veered 90% of what I've shared this morning is not from these notes. I veered off and spoke what was coming up out of my spirit man into my mind and out my mouth to communicate with you today. Hallelujah. And that's the way it's just been. And that's the way it'll always be. Because I'm not leaning. When I, when I use that scripture in all your ways, acknowledge him, I lean on that, especially when it comes to speaking to you. You're extremely important to God. Every one of you in this room. You are very, very important to the Lord. You're not just somebody to fill up chairs to just have people in a church. Man, you are important to God. You, individually, are very important to God. And I feel the shepherd's heart. He's the chief shepherd. I'm just the under-shepherd here. But I feel the chief shepherd's heart for his sheep. And sometimes it overwhelms me. The compassion and to, to, to feel what you feel, to know where, you know, to feel the heartbeat of not only the Lord, but where, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like this. It's one hand towards heaven, one hand towards you, and that connection. I'm feeling what you're feeling, but it's through the Lord to help me to communicate, to help you in the current situations that you're in right now. Amen? And um, 
And sometimes I'll just go back and I'll, I don't do it all the time, but I'll go back and I'll listen to the message like today or something. I thought, I thought, man, I wasn't planning on saying that, you know? And that way you know who's really in charge. Amen? Remember at the beginning of the service, the Lord said, don't look without, look within. That's where I live, on the inside of you. And the direction and the information that you need, not going to come from out there. It's going to come from within because that's where he lives on the inside of us. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're born again and Jesus Christ is your Lord, God is living in your physical body in the form of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Oh my. Can you handle one more scripture? This is in the Amplified. Okay. Go to Mark chapter 11 here. Mark chapter 11. Oh, I wanted to get into the rest of this, but you know what? There's always next week. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I had something that's funny, you know, yesterday. I, I was rearranging some things, my notes and stuff. Sometimes it's a little bit easier when you're teaching in a series. You already know basically which direction you're going. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so it's easier to, you know, get stuff put together, you know, but I felt like an uneasiness in my spirit yesterday because I had, I had a whole bunch of notes that I was going to share today, and I just had, had, that's good information, but it's just not for today, you know? And it was in the middle of the night <laughs> last night. The Lord changed and rearranged everything. He said, this is what I want you to share, share on today. Amen. So I had to get up and be flexible enough to say, okay, we're, the, Lord, the Lord says go left, we're going to go left. He says go right, we're going to go right. Okay? Amen. Amen. But over here in Mark chapter 11, and this is the Amplified Classic Edition. Look at verse 22. Now we know this is the great faith chapter about speaking to the mountain. You know, Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it would dry it up, you know, and he said this is the kind of faith that you can have. But I want you to notice in verse 22. Jesus answered, replying unto them, Have faith in God, what? Constantly. Do you see that up there? Now, the King James doesn't say constantly. But I really like the Amplified here. Jesus replying, said unto them, Have faith in God constantly. Say constantly. constantly. Now what does that mean? What are, what are some, what are some uh, synonyms for constantly? Anybody just top of your head? Okay, always, consistently, constantly, repeatedly. What was that? Consistently. Okay. So the Lord says, Jesus himself said, have faith in God constantly. Then he goes on to talk about, you know, faith and how it works and speaking to the mountain and so forth. We won't read that part. And I wanted to just focus in conclusion today about this, this 22nd verse right here because um, you could actually make this the sister scripture of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path, you know. Well, this says here, Jesus said, have faith in God constantly. Now, to have faith in God constantly requires that there's certain things that you won't see. 
with your physical eye. For the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. A big aircraft flies by radar when it's up high in the clouds because the radar sees things that the pilot's eyes don't see. You ever, ever flown before and you're up there in the cruising altitude, you know, 39,000 feet, whatever it is, and you look out and there's a bunch of clouds and you're just going through clouds. You think, glad I'm not flying this thing. There's, there's times, you know, you're getting rough turbulence, you know, and you're up there and you're bouncing around, you know, and, and uh, you just see clouds and clouds and clouds and clouds. But, you know, those pilots aren't up there like sweating it out, panicking, because they got a thing called a radar screen. <laughs> and that radar screen is able to see through the clouds, see through the storm, and locate where the storms are at to fly around them. They do their best to fly around them. They don't just fly into them, they fly around them. So their navigation system is able to t tell them things that their physical eyes can't show them. Does that make sense? I'm not a pilot, but I can figure that out. They call them instrument-rated pilots, okay, because there's certain instruments like radar that a small aircraft may not have, a single-engine plane may not have, because it, it can only fly at a certain altitude. But these jetliners that go up, you know, that we fly, commercial jetliners, 39, 40,000 feet up in the air, you know, and... Uh, they're, they have to, uh, they can fly that whole entire thing by just looking at the radar. They can take off, fly, land that plane simply by looking at the radar without even looking out the window. Okay? You know, I, years ago there was a guy in my church and his son-in-law was one of the pilots on uh, uh, Air Force One. Okay? Brother Cliff, his son-in-law worked in the, uh, the Air Force, and he was one of the pilots for Air Force One. And, he, and back, this is back when uh, I think Clinton was in uh, office, you know. And he would take him around, and I got in some conversations with him, asked him some questions, you know. Really nice guy. He's a believer, you know. I'm sure he's retired by now. But, you know, I asked him pointed questions about flying that particular plane. You know, he was one of the pilots. He said, yep, you're absolutely correct. He goes, the, the radar is what we, it's our number one thing. We look at that. That's how what guides us, directs us, and so forth, you know. And if, uh, if you take away the radar, you really can't fly that plane. Or it's, you could put people at big, serious risk, everybody in the aircraft. So what radar is to an airplane, the Word of God is to us. We walk by faith radar and not by sight. Okay? I was telling you about that pastor in Texarkana, Texas. And he says, my radar's showing me some good things that are going to happen to us. Right? Well, if you looked out your window, it may not look like that. You're like, it doesn't look very good to me in the natural but if you look inside radar, Spirit of God, and you look to Him, that's a whole other thing. Oh, praise the Lord. And I'm so glad that we have the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us that shows us things to come. The future. Teaches us all things. That's present. Brings all things to our remembrance. That's past. And He shows us things to come. That's future. 
So the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is active in three realms, past, present, and future. Hallelujah. And He's on the inside of us. And He will help us. Now, just say this with me and we'll, we'll close here. Say, Father, I acknowledge you in all of my ways. You will direct my path in Jesus' name. I trust you with all of my heart this day in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So I just encourage you to start every day like that when you first get up and you just tell you just tell the Lord, Father, I'm acknowledging you here today. You know, so you go to the, the doctors, you know, before you even go in there, say, Father, I'm acknowledging you today. I have an appointment today, Lord. I'm acknowledging you. I got a business appointment today. See, you know, sometimes people make the great mistake of thinking that God's only interested in answering the prayers of ministers when it comes to ministry, and He is, but yet He's interested in your daily affairs, the things that you're dealing with, you know? Maybe you have a, a situation in your family or a situation with, maybe you've got to meet with somebody, I don't know. could be anything. And it's, it's a little uncomfortable maybe, you know, and you're like, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, I'm not sure how this is going to end, <laughs> or whatever, you know. And That's the best way to say, Father, I'm acknowledging you today. I acknowledge you. And it says right there, He will make straight and orchestrate your path and you can be sure of that. Amen? And I know that when that, I shared that story about our tire ready to fall off because it wasn't, the lug nuts were not, weren't on securely when we were going down that hill on Route 51. We had already acknowledged the Lord. And He protected us. And there was, just happened to be a gas station right there that we were able to pull over and they fixed that thing. But he said, the guy even told me, the mechanic, he said, if you wouldn't went any further down the road, that wheel would have fallen off. Because he said, look, the lug nuts, the, 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 the lugs are almost all the way off their, their uh, huh? the lug. Lug the lug. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 